KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, October 27th. San Diego's housing market is the worst in the nation for black renters. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Many recent news reports have focused on nursing shortages and on nurses leaving their jobs, but one physician says doctors are also leaving the profession. Adam Doherty is an emergency room physician at Sutter Medical Center in Sacramento. With early retirement, with increased overhead costs in the community, uh, with looming Medicare cuts to provider reimbursement. So a lot of similar trends that we can see on our side. Doherty also says there's organizations that offer free psychological and peer group counseling to help reduce physician burnout. San Diego law enforcement has launched a training program called the Help Stop Human Trafficking Program. The program is a series of training videos tailored to tourism industry employees. Here's Harbor Police Chief Mark Stainbrook. We're in a tourism triangle between San Diego, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and being a border city and a, and a huge tourist hub, we see a lot of the results of human trafficking here in many different ways. Workers who take part in the training will learn how to recognize signs of human trafficking and report suspicious activity. The San Diego City Council tentatively approved the Spaces as Places program on Tuesday. It allows restaurants to keep their outdoor dining areas that were put in place during the pandemic. Councilwoman Mari Von Wilpert described outdoor dining as, quote, one of the silver linings we've seen in what has been the horrible ordeal of the COVID pandemic. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Rising rents and limited affordable housing are difficult for many San Diegans. But KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim says the housing market is particularly challenging for black renters. San Diego is the worst place to be a black renter in the whole country, according to a new study by Zillow, an online real estate company. We found that rent burners are the highest for black households in San Diego and black renters in San Diego spend more than half of their income or 53% of their income on rents. That's Nancy Wu. She's the economist at Zillow who led the study. So what exactly does it mean to be rent burdened? It means a person pays 30% or more of their income on rent. 
So Black people here in San Diego are on average very rent burdened. That means they have a lot less money left for anything else, like saving to buy a home or a medical emergency. Honestly, uh, it's not surprising. Um, I grew up in Southeast. Gabrielle Hines is a school counselor in San Diego. She's Black and grew up in the Skyline neighborhood, surrounded by family and friends. She and her family recently moved because they couldn't afford the rising rents in Southeast. They found a more affordable option in La Mesa, but the rent is still expensive. I was making uh, 18 an hour, but I recently got my master's and I'm a school counselor now. And I'm making 28 an hour, and it's crazy because it it doesn't feel like it um, just because rent is so high. Staying in Southeast would have meant spending more than 30 percent of their income on rent. With the cost of daycare and other bills adding up, it just wasn't an option for them. And she says she's not alone. A lot of other people in her once predominantly black neighborhood of San Diego are also being pushed out. And um, it almost makes people feel like, you know, they're not good enough to live in in the neighborhoods that they, they came from. San Diego rents are expensive and getting increasingly more so for renters across all demographics, says Nancy Wu from Zillow. Uh, Across the country, we've seen that in San Diego, for example, the pandemic has has increased the rent burden across households. Latino renters in San Diego pay nearly 40 percent of their income on rent and Asian and white renters both pay more than 30 percent on average. Still, Black renters in San Diego pay the most at 53 percent. That's about 18 percent more than the national average. By our calculation, San Diego had the biggest discrepancy in gross income between Black renters and other renters, as well as Black renters in San Diego versus elsewhere. That tied to rising rental costs and less rental affordability is the reason why we're seeing the biggest discrepancy and the biggest burden for Black renters in San Diego. Wu says these inequities are a reflection of historic racial discrimination combined with low household incomes and rising rents. She found that Black renters in San Diego made an average of $3,493 a month in August, when the average monthly rent was $1,835. In a statement to KPBS, Mayor Todd Gloria called the study results infuriating but not surprising. He added, that's why one of the first things I did after being sworn in as mayor was to make equity central to everything we do and every decision we make. Mayoral spokesperson David Rowland said the city has already invested in rental assistance programs and launched several business and youth development programs aimed at San Diego's communities of color. But these solutions take time. And for now, renters like Gabrielle Hines are still paying a lot of their income on rent. We're, we're pretty stressed. You know, it feels like, uh, you know, we're barely making it. And that reporting from KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim. The Wendy's restaurant on Mission Gorge Road in Santee was extra busy on Tuesday. KPBS's John Carroll says an all-day fundraiser brought people from across the community to buy a meal and to help the families whose homes were destroyed in the Santee plane crash earlier this month. Big lines inside and out at the Wendy's restaurant, people coming to get some food, and to help Maria and Phil Morris, along with Cody and Courtney Campbell. All four lost their homes when a two-inch in Cessna slammed into them on October 11th. All proceeds from Tuesday's sales are being donated to the families. Cody Campbell says the show of support is overwhelming. There's no words to describe this kind of support. Um, Thank you a thousand times. Doesn't even come close. 
Also on Tuesday, the NTSB released a preliminary report on the crash. It shows an air traffic controller repeatedly telling the pilot to change course and to climb. The larger investigation will determine why he didn't. And that was KPBS's John Carroll. The family of a Scripps Ranch high school student is suing the San Diego Unified School District, claiming religious discrimination over the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. KPBS's Kitty Alvarado spoke with their attorney. The 16-year-old student is only being identified as Jill Doe. She claims San Diego Unified's vaccine mandate violates her religious rights because she believes the vaccines are tainted with aborted fetal tissue. The vaccines do not contain such tissue, but the family's attorney, Paul Jonah, also points out religious exemptions are allowed for teachers and that other exemptions are allowed for students. If they're going to offer any exemptions, like medical exemptions, there's other groups of people that are not required to take the vaccine right away then they have to also offer religious exemptions. Representatives of San Diego Unified did not want to comment, stating it's the district's policy never to comment on pending litigation. And that was KPBS's Kitty Alvarado. California's unemployment agency is implementing reforms after a disastrous response to the challenges of the pandemic. But at a special legislative hearing, the agency says some problems could take years to fix. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. The Employment Development Department is widely seen as one of the state's biggest failures of the pandemic. It was unprepared for a crush of people who lost work and needed assistance. It also paid out an estimated $20 billion dollars in fraudulent claims. A pair of state audits from January detailed the problems and recommended fixes. Ten months later, about two-thirds of them have been adopted. But Bob Harris with the state auditor's office told lawmakers there's still more to do. If EDD doesn't continue to follow through on some of the initial positive first steps is taken, then it won't fully realize the benefits for Californians that need its assistance. The legislative oversight hearing was originally scheduled for August, but delayed multiple times. EDD director Rita Sines says many of the agency's biggest problems are structural, like its decades-old software, and could take years to fix. It is not the people. It was the systems that EDD was operating under that created the problem. But lawmakers and the state audit laid much of the blame on Sign's predecessor, who retired last year for poor planning and management. And that was Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon. Coming up, the San Diego Asian Film Festival is back and in person. It's um, it's a little eerie, which may be uh, appropriate for Halloween. <laughs> we'll have a preview next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The San Diego Asian Film Festival is back in person 
this week, with 130 films from 20 countries screening at four venues. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview of the 22nd Festival. The pandemic forced us to play it safe by staying at home for the past year and a half. To celebrate the fact that we can now return to cinemas, San Diego Asian Film Festival is all about taking risks with its programming. Take Terminal USA. Hands up, who wants to die? Wow, it's really something. Like, it's it's the kind of movie you'd watch in a dare. Artistic director Brian Hu is daring audiences to take a chance on this restored print of John Mortsugo's 1993 film. What it does is it shows that there's a certain kind of stereotype of Asian Americans being this model minority, or at least of being kind of like non-offensive. And he really wants to show how, one, that it's possible that they're not, but then it's also possible that under the surface, even of very normal looking Asian American families, you don't want to look under the hood. And, And so there's something so gratifying about that. In the documentary, Inside the Red Brick Wall, it's the filmmakers who are not playing it safe as they document 2019 protests in Hong Kong. The filmmakers are amongst the protesters while this is all happening. No one knows it's gonna happen. People are talking about, we may not see each other again because this may be like Tiananmen Square in Hong Kong. But also getting a sense of the courage of these filmmakers to persist because they see these protesters are too. So they need to be there to document it all. This is historic. Then Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy takes risks in its narrative structure with a trio of stories about chance. It's such a joy to see a director know how to squeeze every ounce of drama from unexpected directions. Uh, Not in any like melodramatic or scandalous way, but in a way that really cuts to the moral stakes or the possibilities of tension on screen. Master filmmaking is also on display in the newly restored 70s melodrama Execution in Autumn from Lee Singh. And he passed away in August. Now we must, we really must show this movie. In part because I think Taiwan cinema is associated with sort of these art films from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. But let's talk about what happened before. And this is also kind of a juicy drama of ethics and family (laughs) that really stretches our definitions of, of family. Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes stretches a single take into a quirky film about a guy who discovers a two-minute delay between a security camera and what he sees on his computer. And this leads to some time travel shenanigans. But there's something about the single take in a single location now, especially since we've been at home all this time, (laughs) that I think has a special meaning. I just love seeing people who, who make so much out of so little. Our story begins here. Making a lot out of a little is also at the heart of Lumpia. That delicious Filipino egg roll introduced by the Chinese. A film that director Patricio Janelsa says was inspired by El Mariachi. If that movie was about a Mexican hero that used a guitar as a weapon, what would be the Filipino version? (laughs) The best thing we could think of was, oh, what about a Filipino guy who wears a barong Tagalog and just throws lumpia? That's what my brother said. And he was just joking around. And I go, wait a minute. Hmm, there's something there visually. (laughs) Janelsa shot the film on an 8mm camcorder starting in the 1990s, says Who. And it became something of a cult hit amongst Filipino-Americans because it spoke directly to their cultural uniqueness. But from the perspective of not necessarily like historical trauma, but from let's have fun with this. Let's go in the theater and celebrate each other through a superhero movie. It's Lumpio Man! 
now there's a crowdfunded sequel called Lumpia with a Vengeance. Both will screen at the festival, and Janelsa has this disclaimer about the movies. We didn't waste any real lumpia on set. We made sure that any real cooked lumpia was eaten properly, but any time that it was thrown, it was actually a fake prop that I got through eBay. So check out the buffet of films being served up by San Diego Asian Film Festival and enjoy some cinematic treats. Beth Commando, KPBS News. The San Diego Asian Film Festival runs Thursday through November 6th at multiple venues. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.